Well, guys, we're so glad that you've chosen to come back week after week. We're sure that you've listened to every single Porch Podcast so far. Uh, Porch Project Podcast, if you haven't, you better go back and listen to all the different episodes before this one. Uh, but we're glad that you've tuned in for today. Last week, uh, we spent a little bit of time talking about our walk with Jesus and what it, what that looks like uh, on kind of a broad scale. Uh, what we want to do over the next few weeks is we're going to kind of zoom in uh, a little bit in our discussions and talk about our walk with Jesus in specific areas of our lives. So what does it look like to walk with Jesus in the workplace? What does it look like to walk with Jesus in our homes, uh, in our marriages, in our parenting uh, all those different aspects of life. And so uh, we'll kind of walk through that over the next few weeks, um, and uh, you'll get to hear from uh, all of us on those topics. So um, I joked with the guys just before we cut the record button on that I'm the only one sitting around the table tonight that doesn't work a job outside of the church. Uh, my full-time job is in the church, so I'm going to be really quiet on this podcast and let these guys do some talking about how they have their walk with Jesus uh, in the workplace. Uh, but I'm going to hand it off to Will and let us uh, get started tonight. Will, what does a walk with Jesus in the workplace look like for you? And you can't see this because you're listening to a podcast, but the two Wills are pointing at each other right now, trying to determine which Will I was talking about. So let me back up to our official titles. The Evangelist. Oh, there you go. No. There you go. Evangelist. Plenty of passage. What does it look like to follow Jesus? When in the you were on the excavator with your beard Ooh. flowing in the wind, how do you mimic Christ? Uh, I put in my AirPods, <laughs> I listen to uh, music, and I let the workers work. Right. Um, I, I, I am a foreman, uh, I guess. So that is some form of of leadership. I, I try to treat. Um, each situation, you know, with my, with, with godly wisdom and, and my morals defined by God, um, I try to treat everyone as fair as possible, but I know that at times I, I do have to delegate in certain ways that they may not like, and it's not always necessarily, um, what they do like, but it's what, they might need, and I think from that, we we kind of have to again mimic how Jesus was um, in some of those things, and how God is in some of those situations. Uh, I don't necessarily, um, and and I don't know that unless you own the company or something, I, I don't know that you can necessarily get into too much, you know, as far as like sitting down and like reading scripture with them and praying with them, but. Um, you know, it's at least around my workplace, it's known that I am, you know, a pastor or um, a preacher. And so, you know, that kind of carries a little bit. Um, it's funny to see people's reaction to <laughs> that, you know, yeah. um, and kind of how they act a little bit different in front of you. And, and, you know, you get the worldly. Well, that's funny. I, I know you're a preacher, but I should have said that. You know, kind of thing. Because the guys at my work know that about me, and they could care less. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> it, it, it in the beginning, I, it was kind of one of those factors. Um, plus, we subcontract for a company that my my mom works at, and uh, she is actually uh, a direct connection from us to them. So I had, um, I don't know uh, if you would call it respect, but I was looked at completely different because here it is, a, a pastor walking in as well as uh, 
this lady that everybody respects over at the the company. Um, you have a connection to her. We don't want to make her mad. So I don't really know where that came yeah. from. Um, but it, it was def, you know, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, just it's known. Um, there are those who are in church and 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 um, are believers who will come talk to me um, about specific things. Maybe it was a, a sermon they listened to, or they might send me something you know that they saw, or they might have a question about you know just different stuff. And and I think um, that comes from you know that knowledge of me, as well as the way. I don't want to say I carry myself, but I guess the way I walk, you know, I, I'm, it's very rare that they'll see me mad. It's very rare. I feel like that most people see me mad. Um, it's very, I, I try to control my anger um, so that I don't do something very silly, um, which I'm not saying I've always done that. There's been plenty of times which I've done something very silly, but, um, you know, just it, I, in every step, it's it's one of those things where they can look at me and I and I, I don't I feel that feels like a very prideful statement, but it, it's one of those things that as I walk and we go through you know just every little piece of our day, there is that aspect of it where it's like that knowledge is there, and my character points towards that knowledge, and so therefore. They will come up to me and say, "Well," and I'm not saying that Wes, your guys, your character's not there, so your guys don't do it. But I'm saying it, within our organization, it, they will come. And it, it's just, it's like we have we have an annual safety meeting where we have a lunch, and like they're like, "Will, do you mind praying?" Half of them probably don't know anything other than that's what you're supposed to do, but they'll call to me. To do that, Opens and, and I think, I think that's that gives me that little bit of moment to also witness and impact in some little way, even if it's a, a prayer, uh, thanking Jesus for shedding His blood. I think so. There you go. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Pat, what's that look like for you, bud? <laughs> well. Uh... I'm a mechanic, so a large part of my day is just trying to keep my testimony. Uh, <laughs> anybody that's ever a mechanic will understand that statement. Uh, but I'm also an EMT, and I work for a local county uh, part-time, and I'm also a pastor. Uh, so it's three very different fields, and... You almost have to turn off one to be in another. But in the workplace, I think, as we as Christians, no matter who it is, you know, not me personally, but no matter who it is, we're called to be examples and we're called to be followers of Christ like we were talking about. And as our walk with Christ goes, uh, I feel like if you name the name of Christ, then we have the responsibility to uh, be above or beyond the norm. And it's normal today for people to lay out for no reason. It's normal for people to 
get hired on and do a, a half a job. Uh, it's normal for people to call in sick all the time. It's normal for people, you know, every company struggles with their employees' faithfulness. No matter a small company, I work for my brother. Uh, so our mechanic business is a little different. It's, we're all, you know, me and him and then uh, the, the guys that work with us, we're family. You know, they're, we spend eight, ten hours a day with each other and, and we're like family. But on the EMS side, uh, you know, we're called to be, on either side, we're called to be, uh, you know, whether we do it or not, we're called to be beyond reproach. And and just like you were talking about, Will, I know a guy that worked for you. Uh, you, you know who I'm talking about. Old corn dog. Old corn dog. And, uh, I've heard about corn dog. And, and this is a young man, you know, that that was part of our world in rescue for for a time but then i found out he worked for you but you know i can testify to the fact that you know that man thought the world of you by his by his testimony you know you were the greatest foreman that he ever worked for and by his testimony you know you impacted his life uh in a in a positive way and you know, that's, you know, no matter what the situation is, I don't know if he still works for you or not, yeah. but, you know, the the time that he has spent with you has been a very positive influence in that young man's life, that which he needed, you know. He needed that godly influence, that, that person to look up to and that co-worker that, you know, you may be a foreman, but he knows you're a Christian, you know, and and from talking to him, at different times, Walmart or different places I've seen him or the shop, uh, you know, the impact that you've made on him, you know, I see it. I see it from the outside and from his testimony. And I think if we can do that, then we've succeeded in the workplace. You know, the the people I work with, uh, we ran a call one night, and uh, it was a situation where uh, a young man was in distress and, you know, was needing some help and over and over again he said man i don't have anybody i don't have anybody to talk to i don't have anybody to relate to and nobody understands and you know i'm a lowly emt and my paramedic partner that night you know we we hadn't discussed our faith much it was you know i went in to pull a shift uh, and and he was on his shift but in dealing with that young man the paramedic, he was in charge of the call, and he was talking, you know, to this guy in need, obvious need. And the guy over and over again, he said, I just want to talk to somebody. And he said, look, dude, he said, get in our ambulance. He said, I'll shut the door, and and you can you, you can have your time with him. He'll, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you. We'll, we'll pull over there and park, and we can talk, and we'll get you the help you need. And he said, nobody understands. He said, I just don't feel God. That was that young man's statement. He said, I just don't feel God. And that paramedic looked at him with uh, just a realization in his eyes. He said, look, dude. He said, you're saying you need to talk to somebody. You've been praying to God. God sent you three Christian police officers, a paramedic and an EMT who happens to be a pastor. What more can God do for you? You know, and he said, what more do you want? He said, 
this EMT is a pastor. He said, how many people do you know that, that get an EMT that is a pastor? Yeah. You know, he said, what more do you want God to do for you? It's up to you now. Yeah. So, but our, our testimony, I think the biggest thing and what you do every day, what you do every day, what you do here at the church that, you know, this is your job. And I think the biggest thing that people and the biggest comment that I've heard from people is they want Christians in the workplace to be real. Well, you know? and, and something you said, and it, it just kind of rang home with me. You said when we claim the name of Jesus, and <clears throat> we don't do it so much nowadays, but when you think back to the older times, you know, to monarchies and stuff like that, the name meant everything. everything. And so, I, and I, I, as we proclaim to be Christians and, and we take on that name of Jesus, I, I, I feel like it's the same way. That name means everything. And so as we go through our daily walk, no matter where that is, like we have got to realize that it ain't us that we're proclaiming, it's him. It's him. And so as we make that walk, are we going to slip up? Yeah. Are we going to mess up? For sure. Way more than we ever want to. But as you look at the overall day, week, year, did we proclaim that name? Are we wearing the name of Jesus like it's supposed to be worn? Or is it in this way that it's it's just words? And it, it just really rang home to me. It's interesting that you focused on that name aspect of it. Colossians 3, 17 says, And whatever you do, so it doesn't matter if you're an EMT, a mechanic, a pastor, run a, a, a ditch crew, plant trees like whatever whatever it is that you do for a living whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god the father through him and so i think the biggest thing that i could say in this and again i'm coming from the perspective of being a full-time pastor for the last six years in this situation and a, a pastor in other capacities in years before that but um the biggest thing that I could say is like ex expand your understanding of the purpose of your workplace. Like follow, following Jesus and that walk with Jesus in your in your vocation, uh, in your job. Um, it's your job is so much more than just a paycheck. Should be so much more than just a paycheck. And and I know that a lot of us feel that a little bit of like I go to this job because I gotta pay rent and I gotta pay my mortgage or I gotta pay for my hospital bills or I gotta put food on the table or I've got kids I got to take care of and daycare and all this stuff that I got to pay for car payments we feel that and so we go to these jobs we go to these places to do that but the workplace is not meant to be just a place where we draw a paycheck as a believer our walk with Jesus permeates that and it becomes our mission field it becomes the place where we are we are on call for Jesus in those places and so whatever I find whatever my hand finds to do in word or deed I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus wherever I find myself. Um, and if we can expand our understanding of uh, the purpose of our workplace to that, I mean, I, I think we would see conversations shift at work a lot from just menial things and things that are kind of pointless or worthless. Uh, and, and to be honest, some conversations that are just garbage 
uh, they might shift and change to more intentional, uh, missionally minded conversations that, that can take place. I, when I was in college, I worked for Target and um, I, I got stuck my first day was Black Friday and I had zero training, zero nothing. They stick me out on the floor with some dude who was just a couple years older than I was and I don't know that he had a ton more experience than I had on my first day, but they paired me up with him, said follow this guy around, do whatever he does. Um, and so I did and I survived it, but over the months that uh, preceded that, 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 that went after that, I, I learned that I would have a specific time every day where God was opening up doors. At 10 o'clock, our store closed, but we didn't get to leave. We had to go aisle by aisle through the store and reset everything. And we worked in teams of two. So we would go down aisle one, and I would do one side of the aisle, and I would have a partner with me that was doing the other side of the aisle. Then we'd go to aisle two, do the same thing, and it would take us about 45 minutes to get everything reset in our areas. And it just happened to be that I, I constantly got paired with a guy who I knew wasn't a believer. And even at that stage in my life and my calling, I knew I could use this time as a mission field with this guy. And, and I really got this mindset of like Paul, when Paul was arrested and he was in chains and, and he talked about how his chains served a purpose and, and how he used this guard who was latched to him of like, I hate I hate it for this guy, but man, he's stuck with me, and so he's going to hear about Jesus because he's chained to me, and like he can't get away. And that mindset kind of went with me to Target, where it's like, man, this poor kid, he's stuck with me for forty five minutes every night, walking through the aisles of Target. And yes, we're going to get our job done, and we focused on that, and we you know tried to be good stewards of the company and the business. But I took every opportunity I could to be an influence in that guy's life and to and to direct our conversations towards spiritual things. Because I, I saw my job as more than just drawing a paycheck. It was, I've got this kid who's strapped to me and is forced to be with me every single night. Man, what an opportunity God has just dropped in my lap to be able to do that. You know? yeah. and so if we can expand that understanding of the workplace, I think that's, that's part of our walk with Jesus in the workplace. But I think somebody mentioned authenticity a, a little bit ago, and I think that's the other side of it that I go, those conversations mean nothing if my life doesn't back up. Exactly what I've mentioned in those conversations. And that's more difficult to do in the workplace, the secular workplace, than it is to do as a pastor in a church because people anticipate when they walk into this church, I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. When Wes walks onto a, into a yard somewhere in a community here in Greenville and is setting up a contract to install an irrigation system, people aren't anticipating a conversation about Jesus. And so that becomes a lot more difficult to do and to live up to that too in his ethics and morals and how he puts that on display of how he lives. So. Yeah, thanks for those irrigation pipes there. For a ditch digger, that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that yeah. as we rip through it. <laughs> we'll send you a bill. No, uh, you said the homeowner. <laughs> and I think sometimes owning our mistakes is a big part of our testimony. Yeah. You know, we're not called to live perfect. We're mm -hmm. called to live godly. And, uh, you know, a, a large part of that is being real. And sometimes, it's, you know, with our coworkers, I think, there's, I think there's a lot of people who go to church and they put on a suit and a tie and they go to church and they, oh, how I love Jesus and everything's great. And, you know, they sing the songs and then they go to work on Monday and they take their suit off hanging on the wall put on their uniform and they go to work and the people around them don't even know they go to church and 
and it surprises them when they find out, oh, you're a Christian, you know, and sometimes, you know, I think, I think the world, I think the people that we work with, they want to see something real, and they don't care if you make a mistake. They want to see sometimes how you own that mistake, you know, and a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of our testimony is, hey, brother, I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm sorry if I said something wrong. I'm sorry if I made a mistake, you know, and a lot of that is, a lot of our walk is, you know, sometimes two steps forward and one step back, but if we own it, it's still moving in the right direction. And I, you know, I think of the godly people that I've worked with when I was in West Virginia, uh, Clinton Nottingham, you know, I worked with him a lot. He hired me, had mercy on me and, and let me work for him. And, you know, Rodney had a, had an electrical business and I, you know, I was privileged to work with him and these were godly men, you know, yeah, I'm a missionary, but Hey, I need to be around godly people. And these are Christians in the workplace and watching Brother Rodney and Brother Clinton and, 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 and these men who were Christian, but they were also electricians and builders and, you know, different aspects, how they conducted themselves and the inspiration and the fellowship and the help and the prayers and all that, you know, that had a huge impact in my life. And I respect these men. And, you know, it, Christians in the workplace are a very needed, you know, I'm not looking, you know, I'm not looking to get out of the workplace. You know, that's who God made me. And I need that workplace. I need to work two jobs or three jobs. You know, my, my, my medical field is my mission field, like you said. And, man, when you can... When you can use that and talk to them people sometimes on their worst moment and bring Christ into that, that is one of the, that's as fulfilling as standing behind a pulpit and preaching. When you can meet somebody on their level on their worst day and show them that little glimmer of hope, that is, that is one of the most rewarding feelings that God's given me and you know I'm not looking to get out of the workforce you know that I'm looking to be better in it yeah. and and you know whether it's working on somebody's car you know a lot of times that opens the door to I had a conversation with a man this week about alcohol you know and I told him I don't need that stuff you know and I told him why I don't need it you know I got saved September the 15th, 1989. I gave my life to Christ. I don't desire alcohol. I don't need alcohol because Christ is so much more fulfilling and got to have a wonderful conversation. And, you know, you build these relationships like corn dog, that you have the gift and the opportunity to, to be something real in a young man's life. And that's a gift, you know. And if we look at it like Chris was talking about, if we look at it as, hey, I'm here for eight hours. Let's make something. You know, let's do something. And let's, let's talk to somebody, that homeowner. You know, hey, uh, I'm sorry things didn't go to plan. You know, or, hey, let me offer you this. 
let me share this with you. It, it changes the workforce into the mission force. Yeah. And Christ told the fishermen, hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say I'll make you pastors and I'll, you know, yeah. I'll set you up and I'll, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, there's, you know, full-time Christian service. We're all in full-time Christian service. Yeah. Whether you're a full-time pastor, full-time, you know, part-time pastor, part-time uh, irrigation specialist, part-time <laughs> pastor, part-time excavator, part-time foreman, we're all in Christian service. And I think that's a big disconnect that Christians have is it has to be one or the other. It don't have to be one or the other. As Christians, whether it's church or whether it's work, we ought to be the same. Well, Wes, you want to close us out? You have been completely silent in this. There's so many different directions I could take this conversation because I'm fully engulfed in both worlds. I, I spend a ton of time in the business world, and I spend a ton of time in the church world. And, and Pap, a, a lot of what you say is 100% true and accurate, the, the authenticity of being who you are um, in Christ at all times, you know, there, there's a lot that could be said about that. The need for Christianity in the workplace, the need for leadership in the workplace. I mean, there, there's just so many different places I could go, which is why I've, I've kind of reserved much comment just based on brevity and time. But a couple things that I will mention Pop, you talked a lot about being above reproach, and that's one thing that I try and practice every single day in my life. So based on my position in the workplace, I have eyes on me constantly. Yes, sir. I have customers looking at me. I have an owner who's looking at me. I have employees who are looking at me. I have managers who are looking at me. So the only thing I know to do is to do the right thing. Well, what is the right thing? It's to follow the rules that have been set up and established. Jesus tells you to pay unto Caesar what is Caesar's. So in my world, you know, BJ Flora is, is the owner of my, or, or is the owner of the company. And if he says that he wants things to be done this way, then they need to be done that way. It doesn't matter why per se. It doesn't matter if there's a, a better way, in my opinion, at the end of the day, he's the boss, he signs the paycheck, yep. and if he says that it needs to be that way, then I'm going to do it that way in order to be above reproach and show an example to the rest of the employees. Because exactly. they're the ones, uh, they need that example, they need that leadership. Um, another thing that I personally try and do comes out of Romans chapter 12, verse 18. It says, if it is possible, and as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. So based on just the, the nature of our industry being in the elements, we work in the sun, we work in the rain, we work in the snow, tensions get high, emotions run rampant, guys get mad, guys get frustrated, and a lot of times I have to be a conflict resolver. I have to be a problem solver. Two guys will have a, a dispute on the job site and the testosterone is flying and egos are 
becoming unchecked and I have to be like, okay, well, let's, let's just, let's pause here. And we have to talk through that. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to be that level-headed personality who is willing to, as much as it depends on me, live peaceably with everyone else. Mm. I think that's really important. Another thing that I try and do is, or it comes out of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 gets a lot of attention because there are some powerful, powerful statements starting in verse 6. Be anxious for nothing but through every, excuse me, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God, so on and so forth. Like we all know that passage and we all hear those verses and it all means something to us. But we always skip over verse 4 and 5 and it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So the, the people that I deal with, there's not a lot of rejoicing going on. I deal with a lot of sad stories, Pap, like, like what you were talking about, guys who can't pay rent this month or guys who are in custody battles with you know their their ex-wives or you know just just whatever the hardship may be I have to come alongside them and show them the love of Christ put my arm around them pat them on the back pick them up encourage them and remind them hey bud you have been given today today is a gift you still have air and breath in your lungs God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you. Let's see if we can't find out what that is together. You know, fortunately, I do work in an environment where the gospel is, is free to be shared. You know, my boss, he's a Bob Jones guy, um, devout Christian. You know, he welcomes the Bible studies, and he welcomes, matter of fact, we, we pray every single morning before crews leave and, and go out on the road so so that stuff is welcomed but will to your point when when you're on a job site sometimes those gospel conversations can be hard to be had but your actions and your deeds mm -hmm. can can show and display just as much as your words there's a story that i heard about mother Teresa, you know way back when she was living she and another woman came across a man in the ditch and the man in the ditch, <laughs> sorry, that's just <laughs> not the same ditch you were digging. No, uh, but anyway, I had never put a man in there. Actually, <laughs> she came across a man in the gutter, and he was banged up, bruised up, cut up. She and the other lady took him back to the place where, where they were residing. They, Pap, I mean, they, they kind of did your line of work. They cleaned the wounds. They dressed the wounds. Uh, provided him with the critical care as, as much as they were able to do at that time. And they quickly realized that the man was not going to live, like he was going to die. But one thing that the man said is, I, I know that I've seen and experienced the love of God today because of their actions. Now, a lot of people will get mad and they'll cast stones and point fingers at, at Mother Teresa and that other woman because they never shared... Yeah the quote gospel they never prayed the quote sinner's prayer with that man so they want to say that that man died and went to hell because mother teresa did not show the love of god or which which that's not what i want to get into but but what i do want to mention is there are ways that you can still demonstrate the gospel you can still live out the gospel you can still share who Jesus is by modeling how he is. And getting back to Philippians chapter 4, um, 
after I remind those guys to, to rejoice in their situations and to be thankful for what they have and, and things like that, verse 5 has always stood out to me. And in the translation I'm reading right now, it says, Let your gentleness be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. There's only one translation, and I would have to do a little bit more research to, to come across it and find it again, but it changes that word gentleness to reasonableness. It says, let your reasonableness be known to all men. It's the ESV. Okay, so it is the ESV. And I love how that is written because, you know, just the people that I come across on a daily basis, especially in this world and in today's society, they are not reasonable by any means. Like homeowners will pick you apart for <laughs> the tiniest tiniest little thing. Uh, I got my rear end chewed out the other day because one of the guys was using a backpack blower to clean off uh, a porch and he he displaced the, the mat that she had at her front door. And she had to call me and let me know how negli negligent our guys were, how careless they were. Um, that's the kind of stuff they experience on a daily basis dealing with these entitled... Karens. Karen's. There we, go. we deal with a lot of Karen's. Thank you for bailing me out here. I got you, bro. But, I you. but that's one thing that I really try to demonstrate and display to these guys. I want to be reasonable. So if there is a conflict, if, if they have an opinion, well, let's hear your opinion. If they have a thought or a way that they would want to try to do this project, all right, well, let's talk about that. You know, if, if my way still wins because I am in that position then so be it or if your way wins that's great i want to be reasonable i want to hear everybody out i want to treat people with respect and that leads me to my my last verse which is micah 6 8 and just to read it for you guys it says um he has shown you oh man what is good and what does the lord require of you but to do justly to love mercy and walk humbly with your God. And that's that's something that I try and do with, with all of our employees. I do try and be just with them. I do try and be fair with them. I do have to hold guys accountable a lot of times and going back to that reasonableness, when, when I have to have those uncomfortable conversations, I have to be reasonable with them, but I also have to be just. And I have to be fair and I have to be compassionate and considerate. I have to love mercy. I have to show them, you know, I'm not out to screw them. I'm not trying to take their paycheck. You know, I'm not trying to get them fired. I'm not trying to do any of those things. Um, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is walk humbly with God. And I tell these guys all the time, listen, man, I get up every single day and put my pants on one leg at a time, just like you do, just because I am a pastor just because I am a Christian, just because I am in a different position than you're in. That doesn't make me any better than you. God loves you just as much as he loves me. God has a vision and a plan and a purpose for your life just as much as he does for me. So let's, let's kind of unite around these things that we do have in common. Let's set our mind to the common goal or task that is at hand. And then once we set out on that common goal or task at his hand, let's do it to the best of our ability and go home because it's hot, we're tired. And I think that's where we will wrap it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes 
Those uh, irrigation people don't know how to understand hand signals. Um, <laughs> no, I, I hope this has shed, uh, again, a bit of light um, on that Christian walk and what it should look like in the workplace. Um, hopefully you can take some of the information we've given you and apply it. Uh, I hope uh, as Will uh, Pap. Will, not me, Will, had uh, said last week, uh, don't necessarily try to mimic us because we're not necessarily the ones to mimic. Be sure you're mimicking Christ and following him. But uh, hopefully that sheds some light on it for you so that as we go into, uh, or so that as you go into the week, uh, as you're, if you're heading to work right now, as you show up to work, uh, you can apply some of those things to your life. Uh, As always, we appreciate you listening. If you liked it and you haven't gone back and listened to all the other episodes, be sure to do so. Uh, Always be sure to like, subscribe, follow, uh, share, comment, um, tell tell those those co-workers that we're telling you to to share uh, Jesus with. Be sure to tell them. Um, about the podcast, and uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, we, we've got a couple of ideas of maybe some stuff coming up that we, we need your input on, um, and so be sure to check out that Facebook page and be willing to input for us. Uh, we're, we're struggling sometimes, <laughs> but uh, be sure to comment uh, if you're enjoying it. Uh, if you're not, you know, Send us a direct message. Don't put that out there on the public (laughs) Facebook so that people will know. (laughs) But uh, we appreciate y'all. Until next time.